Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Up. It's Kentucky Roll Call, Friday, June 2nd, on the Big X, Radio, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, TJ Walker is out, Nick Roush and Justin Kalen are in, ready to get you ready to rock and roll for an exciting weekend, a busy weekend around the Big Blue Nation, big baseball weekend, so we're going to have a baseball show, big time baseball show, Derek Terry joining us in hour number two, talk a little back cats. And uh, might even have a little special surprise, too. But uh, before we get to all that, we're going to get to your text on the Thornton's text line. Talk a little Kentucky football. We've got a new schedule. Uh, and uh, we also got to talk NBA playoffs, Justin. Because the finals, game one was last night. That tipped off. Uh, and Nuggets took care of business. But first, Scoots, how are you, bud? I'm I'm okay. It's uh it's Friday, so I'm pretty excited about that. I woke up with a little bit of swollen tonsils this morning, so that's not all that exciting. Um, but it's not as bad as they've been in the past. They're just slightly swollen. So took some uh, ibuprofen before I left the house, hoping that subsides here in the next hour or so. But other than that, I'm great. Fridays are typically my golf day. However, I don't get to golf today. My dad called me last night, asked if I could mow his grass today because um, oh. he's still dealing with his rotator cuff, can't use his mower and all that. So I've got to go out there today and mow his grass, which – is just as fun as golfing, or it can be sometimes, especially when you're on like one of those zero turns. My dad has a lot of land, so I'll just like floor it. I'll I'll get it wide open a couple times. A lot of fun. How how uh, I'm bad with acreage, but I mean, I'm good with how long it takes to mow a lawn on a zero turn. Do you, do we have a general time frame of how long it will take you on this this? big badass lawnmower to, to get through this large piece of land. I should be done in no no longer than two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not that's not bad. I, somebody I was with somebody last weekend who they used to have a lot of land. He's like, yeah, I kind of miss it, but I don't miss cutting the grass. I was like, well, how long did it take you? Six and a half hours. Whoa. Well, I mean, it's it's better than it used to be because when my dad first bought that property, he's got like 28 acres. We only mow probably, I don't know, seven or eight of those acres. But when he first got that place, he had a freaking Kubota tractor 
that he was pulling a bush hog mower behind, it would take <laughs> at least four hours. So I'll take the two and a half now. Oh man, that uh, gosh, I I, I do like the concept of letting grass grow a little while too. Yeah, like I, and and this is the one time two scoots where I'm I'm team on your side when it comes to cutting grass. Now, like I'm I'm not probably not going to do it at three in the afternoon, but I just going out there and sweating for an hour. I'm all for it. Getting a little sun. Uh, well, and especially if it's at your parents and you can grab their beer out of their fridge before you start uh, instead of your beer riding, out of your fridge. You're riding too. So like, yeah. I'm pushing. So like I have Ooh. to take breaks to take my drinks. Um, I'll just have one with some, me. There's something about like the beer really is colder when you've been outside working up a sweat. Oh yeah. Well, especially today, it's going to be over 90 degrees today. It's going to be hot and it's going to get hot yeah. quick today. Very, very hot weekend. At least the humidity is uh, supposed to subside. Am I right, Scooter Dingus? Meteorite? Uh, I have heard that, yes. I I'm hoping it doesn't, though, because I'm supposed to go to the lake on Sunday. Give me as hot as you want for Sunday. Well, no, that's the thing. The heat is going up. The humidity is going down. So that's that's the best of both worlds right there. The, friend who's got, the, the pool we hang out at, he said the temperature went up 10 degrees from when we were in uh, this weekend. So, wow. like, perfect. I, be me, I uh, believe that, yeah. Yeah, so should be uh, a nice weekend. Uh, we have uh, in my neighborhood during the month of June, they've got uh, a little summer concert series at the gazebo. So I I'm, I'm excited for a little uh, Friday night music, a little free free music. I, don't think, I, I think it's jazz this week. We'll get out some, some, some brass instruments. That's always fun. Uh, the one, like, if, 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 somebody wanted to hang out with my kids i wouldn't mind tracy lawrence is playing at the amphitheater down the street wow that could be a, that's big pull up a, a lawn chair and just listen outside and tailgate the concert kind of kind of night yeah that'd be good speaking of concerts i heard the lineup for the kentucky state fair yesterday holy smokes oh there are wait some, on me. there i don't i don't have the list in front of me i'll have to pull it up okay. but there are some crazy good shows for the kentucky state fair i'll have to I'll have to see if um, I can find it. So I just pulled it up, and uh, let's see. Kickoff. Uh, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say Railbird, because that's kind of what everybody's talking about right now. Uh, I thought that's what you were referring to, but you'll never believe the Scoots, but the Oak Ridge boys are going to be at the Kentucky uh, Yeah, that's the one I was really thinking of. And then Larry Fleet, he's another country guy. He's not very well known, but he's really, really good. So I would, I would love to go see him. Casting Crowns—they're a Christian band. If you've never seen them in concert, they're pretty awesome as well. And then Ed, the Eddie Montgomery are here every year, though they are. That's, yeah, they are. They're going to be doing the Kentucky State Fair until they die. But there was some scuttlebutt that they were not going to be at this one. So a lot oh, of people, wow. a lot of people are pumped that they're coming. There was back. yeah, there was yeah. Man. Um, I, I, uh, you, you mentioned Eddie Montgomery, Lo love me some Eddie Montgomery, Montgomery Gentry, RIP Gentry, uh, Chris Jansen, Mississippi state basketball coach is going to be there. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I, I like the happy together tour. It's just like the few remaining members of the turtles and then some other old guys <laughs> just playing sixties music. Should be good though. It was very funny. I woke up this morning, uh, <laughs> I woke up this morning on Facebook and it was a, and like, I feel like, you know, that algorithm, they do a good job of only showing you what you regularly click on. 
And especially lately, it's just all family stuff. And a family friend shared something. They're having a, a speaker guest series at the Fraser Museum next week. It's like, the Brahms are back in Louisville. And it's like, they're back. So we're bringing as many Brahms back as we can. And one of the pictures, they've got like an old family photo from, I'd say probably like 1990. And then they've got one. It's like a picture of my mom and all of her sisters holding up a, a bring the Brahms squad back sign from, <laughs> I don't know, this is probably like 2006 or something like that. And it, it's just funny. I'm like, well, I didn't expect to see my mom on an ad for a, a Frasier uh, event <laughs> this morning, but here we are. Here we are. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So should hopefully we'll have an exciting weekend. Sunday I'll be in Lexington for the UK football camp, but I know a lot of people are going to be there for Railbird, which um, I personally am a big fan of that lineup. Like it's it's my kind of music, right? Like they have. Um, the, the like Ricky Skaggs is like the country kind of part, but like Nathaniel Rallo for the Night Sweats, my favorite musical act right now. They're so much fun. Love them. They're the undercard for Tower Childers on Sunday. Wish I could be there to see him. So much fun. Head in the Heart. Uh, Nickel Creek, too, is a very good bluegrass band. So, like, th- this is all right up my alley of my kind of people. But I just, everything about this, I, 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 the, They've never done it at this venue. The last time they had Real Bird, it was a bit of a disaster. There's not much parking. So uh, it will be nice that it's at least in the middle of downtown Lexington, but there's going to be so much going on, Scoots, that I can just I, – I would be all over this eight years ago, but I'm way too old to just deal with the headache that is what it's going to be. All right. I just – I can feel it in my bones. So, so two things. Really disappointed you didn't mention Cheryl Crow. She should be definitely one of the hot headliners in your mind. And then She's two, also like the sixth person on Saturday. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm listening to Weezer before I get to Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow, Sorry, man. Cheryl Crow, come on. And then second of all, you're just a brave man going to Lexington this weekend. If there is one place I would not be this weekend with all that's going on, Lexington. Holy smokes! I will, uh, and part of it's because I have to. Uh, True. <laughs> it's the biggest Kentucky football kind of recruiting evaluation camp of the summer. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful, if if all goes well, that might be able to double dip with some UK baseball afterwards. Okay. So I, I still don't know where. Um, I asked some people at UK. I was like, where are you telling people to park? And they said, we're working on it. So <laughs> it's... um. <laughs> Yeah, the de- yeah, tournament I, starts today. We're working on it. Well, the, the tournament they've got figured out, but the camp they don't like. Oh, for the they, football they camp, got it. Yeah, because I mean they normally just like we have this enormous parking lot. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. But now, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I imagine that they'll have um, like some lots on the other side of campus that they shuttle people. But yeah, it's it's gonna be something. A very busy week in Lexington. And it already started yesterday with the KHSAA boys baseball tournament, the softball tournament, and track and field. That all got underway yesterday. And then today, UK baseball begins regional action at noon uh, and against the Ball State Cardinals. Take out your suck it and suck it, Cardinals. I guess at least they made the tournament. Dan, yeah. Old Dave McDonald couldn't even do that. Yeah, we're, we know who the better Cardinals are. 
It's abundantly clear. Um, <laughs> Didn't you tell believe- me that Kentucky lost to Ball State in in the regionals a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah it was like uh, I, I think they same scenario where they were hosting, or they would have been like in a two three game and they lost to the three seed. Um, but yeah, they they have lost to Ball State in the first round, so a little bit of deja vu, uh, if you will. But I believe that game is going to be streaming only. Really? For the new. Yeah. Does that mean uh, like ESPN Plus? Yes. Okay. Cool. So I can watch yes. it. Yes. Um, I believe I'm not. I, I clicked on the UK schedule and it didn't. It didn't share. Like it didn't. It didn't say. You so, would think that that would be the case. It's Indiana and West Virginia after, right? Correct. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be locked into that regional this weekend. I'm. I'm pretty excited. I feel like they do the thing too, where um, they they have like uh, you know like live not live look-ins, but they sort of kind of rotate. They bounce around mm-hmm. um, as far as like what which games they're showing on TV. I saw a very funny tweet from some radio hack that will have me on the show every once in a while, and every time I do it, I'm just like, why do I ever do this? This guy sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm never doing this again. Um, it's like me with weddings. He was, he was like, his tweet was something along the lines of, "People always talk about uh, the NCAA tournament ratings. You know why they're better than baseball? Because baseball is you got to stream the first round. You don't have to stream the the NCAA basketball tournament. It's like, yeah, because people actually care about the NCAA basketball tournament. You idiot! Like uh, college baseball, did people even know that it was was the College World Series on the TV in the 1990s? Ooh, great question. Probably not. I mean, exactly. Like it's it's just it's college baseball, which that you know that that's the part that's amused me about all the people throwing a fit over the dorms. Is it's like, guys, it, it's a tournament. You're you're there for 30 percent of the time. Just get over it. Like, what do you expect? At least yeah. you have a place to stay. Exactly. <laughs> Should have just gave him some tents and told him to <laughs> crash outside next to the stadium. Uh. We did have some postseason basketball last night, and uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, they played pretty well. But Bam Adebayo played well in a losing effort. Scoots, did you ha- how long before you decided to pass? I-, I could see you making it to the third quarter before you were like, eh, I'm good. Oh, heck no. Game. Heck no, Roush. I-, I-, I can't. I wish they would start these games earlier than 8.30 because I have yet to make it past halftime of a single game. And that, that was the case <laughs> last night. I mean, I, but, it, you know, that game played out exactly like I thought it would. The first half went exactly like I thought it would. And then I wake up this morning and check the score, and it's pretty well spot on what I was expecting from the final score line. So I'm really glad I went to bed. I'm, I'm glad to see Denver dominated, and they're on their road to winning in five. So. Look, my prediction and your prediction looking pretty good. When you started that sentence, I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, of course, I stayed up for the end of the game. This is, you will not have so many basketball games to watch this year. I'm going to stay up till the end. <laughs> no, you're complete opposite direction. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought about it. I wanted to, and I told my roommate that too. Like, if these games started at, say, like 8, even instead of 8.30, then I could make it till 10.30. But yeah, I, I'm just not, I'm not staying up till 11 o'clock at night. I refuse. I, I mean, there's one thing I will not give up, Roush, and that is my sleep. But this game was over with by about 10.30. That's true. Oh, was it really? Like, the fi- it was finalized? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. uh, I, I just went down the street and 
you know, we were just hanging out, casual watch. And um, I was planning on leaving at halftime, but it was only 930. It's like, why, why? I don't, what am I in a hurry to get home for? Um, yeah, it sounds about right. Cause that's about when I went to bed, 930. Crazy scoots. Oh, um, I, I was with a friend who uh, also bet the heat, and I was just like, dude, you can't. You know, why? It's really dumb. Like that. I, I feel like if there was a lock of all locks, it was the Nuggets rested after the heat just had a, another grueling long series. They're off a shorter rest. They got to go on the road to the altitude. It's not like the quick turnaround. The heat had been chomping at the bit. This was their first final appearance ever. That place was rocking. They had Dan Issel sitting courtside. Nice. Um, that I mean, it was it was an electric atmosphere. This felt like the one game that the the Nuggets probably won't kick ass every game, but this was the one I was. Uh, I, I'd I'd be willing to bet a lot that they were just going to take care of business, and they did. Uh, it was hell. It was like a twenty point game at the end of the third quarter. He did get his hopes up a little bit, and the Heat went on a nice little run. They cut it to nine at one point. And I think the number was eight and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half. It was kind of in that sliding scale uh, right around there. So depending on what you got it at, uh, the the Heat called off the dogs and it being 11. So I, I bet there was some people who took who, who were really sweating it out. But um, if you were just wanting the Nuggets to win, that, that was never really in doubt because uh, Jimmy Butler was not – Typical Jimmy Butler last night. He didn't really go off. Bam Adebayo, like I said, though, he played well. 26 points, 13 rebounds. They, I, I think if you're a Heat fan, too, you're almost hoping that that isn't, like, that's just kind of the the average for him. Like, that's kind of the, the that's what you need from him to be able to keep up with Jokic's production because he had a triple-double, 27, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. I think 10 of those assists were in the first half. Um and then Jamal Murray, 26 points. And, uh, my, man, did you see that Michael Porter uh, tip dunk in the first half? I uh, don't remember that one, no. I mean, I, it, there's so many awesome plays that happen in a game. You know, it, I could see how it gets lost in the wash. But, man, <laughs> it's one of those where it just kind of caught me off guard there for a second. Like, oh, wow, that was awesome. But the, the Nuggets, they – they handled it very well. Uh, took care of business, and I, I'm, I'm, we, we, we're on the same page in this one. And uh, just, oh, I, they, Jimmy Butler has to be a badass in order for them to steal a couple games. See, you I feel s- like that's the only path forward. You said you don't think Denver will kill him every game. I, I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. There, I think honestly, my, Miami has been winning a lot of people money this postseason. But I think this is the series that Vegas gets a lot of that money back because everybody's going to continue to bet on Miami. They're going to continue to get six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half points every game, and they're going to be juicy on the money line every single game. And there's going to be people out there. They're all oh, Heat are going to do it again, and I just, I just think it's going to be such a quick series. I just do. The um, the early line for Sunday, so we go back Sunday at eight thirty. It's right. It's the same. It's nine. Um, Let's get original. I just, I, the, the, in, in my mind, I see the Heat being frisky in this game because as much, even though the Nuggets swept the Lakers, like the Lakers, they covered a lot. You know, like those those games were close, but the Nuggets won close games. I could see the Heat playing it close this one, then winning game three before they kind of run out of steam. Please tell me that's a day game. 8.30. <sighs> of course. 
<laughs> we it's on, on a Sunday. We can't put it at three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, Come on, man. It's uh, ridiculous. I, I get it though. I, I maybe seven. Like or Sunday night started yeah. at seven. Yeah, agreed. But I, I don't I don't mind it because like bedtime at the Roush House, it's like as soon as bedtime ends, the basketball game starts. So I don't mind it a lot. Um, when I opened my DraftKings app, I saw college baseball is on there. Mm-hmm. Three minus three and a half run line for the Batcats today. What? Yeah. Minus three and a half? It is a, I would not take that. No shot. <laughs> they are not a high scoring team. The uh total is eleven, too. So maybe under eleven runs. So yeah, I mean, what are they like? Like eight to eight to four? Eight to five? Seven to five? Yeah. Eight, eight yeah, seven to seven to four. Seven to four is yeah, the projected score. <sighs> three. Uh, UK's half. three to one, minus three hundred to win that game outright. Or one to three. So what's ball state? Plus two thirty five on the money. Alone. Man, that's good juice. Yeah, I but Kentucky's not losing, so don't bet the juice. I I, th- I do think if you're just going to do anything, just go uh, just under under on the runs, under on the runs. That's, that's it, so it, dangerous it, in college baseball, though, with the aluminum bats and yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't really touch over unders on college baseball. Sweating out of under, you're you're winning when the game starts, though. That's true. You're winning when the game starts. <laughs> good good point. That's how I like to think. <laughs> uh, we've got. A new SEC schedule to get to that was announced last night. Kind of what we were all expecting. But Scoots, TJ's out. He is. So we get to do whatever the hell we want. That's right. Our show. We get we get to start. We're going to start with the Thorns text line. Get to it a little bit early because we got a couple of guests in hour number two. Um, and I, I got a real surprise for our listeners this morning. Oh, boy. Download the Thorns Refreshing Rewards app. There's a lot of places they they got deals for National Donut Day, right? Mm-hmm. Well, National Donut Day is June 4th. You can take advantage of it now. Wow. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Free donut on Thorns right now. That's incredible. You can get it today. Start your week in the right way. I know, shout out to all my friends in JCPS. Last day of, they had their last day of kids yesterday. Last day of school today. Or I guess, you know. Showing up, whatever. Um, so shout out to all of you all going out to work in the morning. Go get yourself a do- donut on the way. Fuel up at Thornton's. It's the best. Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. Download it today and text it into Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. Hey, by the way, um, real quick, you brought up the brisket yesterday. Am I seeing that they're putting brisket on a breakfast sandwich? Am I seeing yes. that right? You're seeing that right. Okay, yeah. so I've had the brisket burrito like the lunch one, and it is really, really good. But I don't know how I would feel about brisket on a breakfast sandwich. So I, I, I might I'm have to exactly try it the out. same way. Yeah. Uh, um, just because, like, I, I love the good smoky flavor. I'm just not used to it in the morning. Right. It's just it's just different. Maybe if it threw bacon uh, on it, too. Come on. Oh. Double the meat. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a double here. <laughs> it's like you're ordering at a Kansas City barbecue restaurant. <laughs> Which I believe when we went, they gave us like a free side of bacon. Like, hey, we want you to try our bacon. That's like, awesome. Okay, fine by me. Fine by me. Um, well, I want to get – let's get to a couple text scoots, and then we'll get to the football talk. Okay. How about that? Deal. 
Oh, this one's for TJ. I'm glad he'll be here to respond. Are you are more than fine with Uganda being our center playing 30 plus minutes a game in the SEC and in the postseason? Uh, I, 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 yeah. Uh, Nick Roush is. You're maybe good 20, with that? Maybe 25 minutes. Hmm. But I, I, I expect big things from Uganda. I expect him to be pretty good. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to see how he is at the beginning of the season. I was talking on Spears yesterday that if Uganda's your starting center at the beginning of the year, that's pretty scary. Based on what we saw last year. I mean, we saw a lot of potential last year, but that's pretty much it, right? I mean, he had his moments where he would do some nice things, but I don't know that that's a guy you want in there 25, 30 minutes a game, especially not starting. The the confidence in which he plays offense in the post, like with his post moves, um, I like that potential there. I like the timing and the shot blocking. Really, just what it all comes down to for me is how he is able to withstand the physicality. I mean, that's that's it. Well, and for right. him to like, be able for him to be able to do that, he had to put on he has to put on strength this off season, and he's got to well, he's got to improve a little as well. So, and that's not always a guarantee. You always like to no. think in an off season that guys are improving, but you you never know. My and, and for me, it's I. I mean, I remember what, thinking Tayshawn Prince could add weight. Like, he's not going to gain a bunch of weight. He's going to be a skinnier guy. For me, it's more about how he withstands that physicality and just how well he rebounds. Because that that's – he you, you didn't really have to worry about it at a time last mm-hmm. year, right? Like, that that just wasn't a thing. So, I'm – I know he's going to do well in those against those bad teams. But can he, can he rebound against, um, you know, Michigan, Gonzaga? Right, those early non-conference games, Champions Classic, CBS Pro. How well is he rebounding against those? That that that's what it all comes down. And how well is Bradshaw rebounding against those teams? Um, I'm I'm not optimistic that Bradshaw can be an elite shot blocker and rim protector. I mean, the dude was a seven footer, a great athlete that blocked less than two shots per game in high school. That sucks, right? Like you, he should have been blocking five a game if he was a decent shot blocker. So I'm not expecting him to do that. But I am expecting him to rebound. So, really, a lot of it comes down to, now that there's no Oscar Sheboy around, how well are these guys going to rebound? How well can he withstand the physicality? I don't know. Well, the and, go- and, and to that, to that, it's part of, like, how well, like, the 30-plus minutes a game, is he getting in foul trouble? Because he's trying to block too many shots. That's a good point. Yeah, but in terms of the rebounding, I don't think... With Bradshaw and Ugun, I don't think you're going to need to necessarily lean on those guys to be rebounders, per se, like Oscar was. Because, I mean, with the class of guys you got coming in, they're all hungry. They're, they all have played basketball for a long time. I imagine this is going to be a group of hungry rebounders. We're not going to see one guy lead the team. It's going to be a different guy every night leading the yeah, team in rebounds. Yeah. I, like Justin Edwards, yeah. there's going to be games where he has 11 rebounds right. like, very sneakily, right? Um if they get Arthur Kaluma, same thing there, the Creighton transfer. So, I, yeah, you're you're right in a sense that it's not going to be – it's kind of like how I liken it to Kentucky football running backs. Uh, Ray Davis isn't getting 25 carries, but there's going to be guys that have 100-yard games sprinkled in here and there. It's just going to be distributed differently. I, so. I do not want Kentucky to get Kaluma just because I, I've never heard a basketball player's name – from the 1950s, closer to Arthur Kaluma. Like, are you kidding me, Arthur? Arthur's a great name, Art. Yeah, back in the day. Not now, it's not. It reminds me of that stupid show, Arthur. Oh, this is a great show. What are you talking about? It was great back in the day, but it's if you watch it now, it's pretty dumb. 
Oh, no. I have watched it now, have and you? it's wonderful. <laughs> Without we, Duke, we had, I sat on my couch and watch it by myself. We, we had one night where the power went out, and it was like a random DVD. Like <laughs> I don't know why Brooke had an Arthur DVD amongst her DVDs. So we, we, I don't know if it was the power or the internet or what it was, but we, had, we ended up Duke watched some Arthur. Oh, that's phenomenal. Awesome. <laughs> um, what's, what's, you bring up the old names. We were. I was watching a Snoopy classic. We we, we burned through the Snoopy show, which is multiple times, which is like the the newly made stuff by Apple. But they also have all of the, you know, the 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 specials that they would make from you know sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and one of them they're talking about this kid Harold, and the other Frank's middle name's Harold, but you just don't hear names. You you don't hear Harold a lot, and seeing a little boy named Harold, and I was like, oh, get that old man. A football coach's name, right? Like that's not uh, <laughs> this little kid named Harold. <sighs> Texter text in and Texter says, "If we are calling Arthur an old name, then wasn't Oscar one as well?" That's a good point. Oscar's a very old name. That's a good. Yeah, point. like that's a great text because my uncle Oscar is the. I've never met a young Oscar. Actually, <laughs> no, I, I have one now. He was Oscar. Uh, oh, it's different. He was his. You know, his family is. <laughs> parents were from mexico right like so a uh, little bit different there's a little bit more popular there but yeah good call texture <laughs> great call oh yeah i love to we're gonna jump around some today we're gonna get pertinent topics one more basketball text how do you guys think cal's handled the offseason i know you've been critical of his lack of media availability i think the fact that he hasn't said anything it's june 1st there's seven players on the team is ugly well uh krc curse just kidding he did release a statement yesterday scoots oh at about gosh. 10 a.m did you did you read the statement? Did I did. you hate the statement? Hated did you love it. it? Absolutely hated it. I love that most people liked it, even though I well, here's the thing, Scoots. You either hated it because nothing he was gonna say you were gonna like, but there were some carefully crafted He didn't go out on and say straight up like, Hey, we're mad that these guys went pro. But he did basically say, we told all these guys everything they needed to hear. And it may not be what you think or I think, but it's informed. So he's saying, like, these guys are getting all the information, but then they ultimately make their decision. We're trying to tell them that it's the wrong decision, but they still made it anyway. Yeah, I mean... I, the one part in it that it really bothered me was the part about the misinformation. Like, there's just he said something about how there's just so much misinformation out there. Numbers are being thrown around and just aren't accurate. Who yeah. we are in contact with or who we are not in contact with, we don't make it public. Then talk to the freaking media, John. If you don't want there to be misinformation out there, talk to the people and let them know what's going on. Like that's it's just so annoying to me. You can't gripe yeah, but, about misinformation if you're not giving any information because you're not meeting with the media. Well, and the thing is, is they are like they are leaking stuff to the media. <laughs> like they they leaked the Oscar eight million number, so they didn't look bad. But then he comes out and says that's not accurate. I know, but that's what he said. Like that's that's dealing with coaches, John Calipari. <sighs> um, I did I did find it funny though that he about the information part. Um, <laughs> Like, it's informed. It may not be good information, but they know stuff. Uh, Jonathan Givoni put Chris Livingston in his second round of his mock draft the day after. My goodness. He, and, you, and, you know, 
he's he's looking out for his guys at clutch. Well, all of these guys are back in the draft, so now he's in. He had this great pro day, and it's like, oh, that's what it is, Jonathan. That's why you're putting him in there. By the way, I was. He's smart though, because it'll probably happen just because of clutch. Maybe I was somebody will pick him in the second round. I was listening to the Rutherford show yesterday, and they too were talking about their coach, Kenny Payne. He has also not spoken to the media since about that same time frame as Cal, and they're they're pretty upset about that as well. I mean, if you're Kenny, uh, I I know he did some stuff like he did interviews after Denny Crum died, but they weren't. I mean, they was just talking about Coach Crum, mm-hmm. but. If you're, what are you going to say if you're Kenny? <laughs> I don't remember him being out on the backside or anything doing interviews, right? Like that. No. That feels like soft tosses for Louisville coaches. Jeff was out there. Greg, I mean, we had Greg on the show. Like Scotty D's always back there working the media. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's even more surprising because you feel like if you're Kenny, you're kind of coaching for your job. Maybe you just couldn't <laughs> deal with the vitriol. Well, I. You're going to get more. It's going to only add up more if you don't talk. You would think. You would think. You would think we need to get to a break, too, on the, uh, right here on your Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Come back. Talk about the SEC football schedule. Will Levis catching some heat. And get to your text on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big Ass Sports Kentucky Roll Call. Come out, Virginia. Don't let me wait. You Catholic girls start much too late. All the sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. Well, they showed you a statue, told you to pray. They built you a temple and locked you away. Ah, oh, but they never. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call. Boom. Good call. We're from the FM 1450 AM. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, getting you ready for the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend, which should be a big one. Should be a hot one. Should be a fun one. We've got some Kentucky basketball to talk, but first, before we get to the Thornton's text line, the SEC schedule. It just means more. We got we got a final decision from the SEC spring meetings, and as expected, it was not a final final decision. It was a temporary decision. A here's what we're going to do in 2024. We might not keep this for a while, but we're at least going to do this to start off, which is the eight game schedule, one permanent opponent, seven rotating every year. In this model. The SEC, the, the the thing that I think is the reason why they're doing this, to reiterate, ESPN isn't going to pay them for that ninth game right away. So they're not willing to just jump at something and, and do something that's worth an extra $5 million if they're not going to get paid that $5 million. 
Secondly, it gives them a year to figure out like how the selection committee views these conferences, right? The process, it, they want to make sure a 10-2 and two team in their league is getting in the playoff. Um, and also, it just buys them some runway. It preserves these secondary rivalries. So, uh, in the two-year model, you can you have your one permanent opponent, and then you can still keep playing. So, Alabama would play Auburn, and then as a secondary rival, they can play Tennessee still. They can still play, uh, who would another one be for Alabama? LSU, right? Those games are still alive in that rotation. Um, and then if they want to go to nine, then they can do the three, six and move from there. So the rivalries hang around a little bit longer. Um, and yeah, uh, it, it, it's what we all expected. I just, I wanted to run through quickly, Scoot's luck, it's projection. Because using some data points that Ross Dellinger had, essentially to figure out an equitable sort of schedule for those first rotating seven, they're going to use winning percentages over the last 10 years as kind of a baseline to separate the top half from the bottom half and how things shake out. Um, so Kentucky's right at 39% winning percentage. So they're going to pull a couple from the top and here would be the, the teams from the top that they would draw according to Luckett's projection. They would get Florida, Georgia, and Texas A&M as their three from the top. <laughs> and then the other three from the bottom, in addition to South Carolina, who's on the bottom, it would be Arkansas, Tennessee, who's in the bottom half, Mississippi State. And I guess Missouri would round out eight to make it an even 4-4 four, four split. So, yeah. Well, Scoots, is there... Anything that immediately jumps out to you that I just shared? Because I'm sure you shared, you just heard that potential schedule for the first time. So, yeah, I absolutely did. So, this is going to be for this upcoming season or after this upcoming season? 2024. They're they're going to have some sort of schedule release party in July, I want to say. But this is just what Luckett was kind of working with that he thought could kind of fit in okay and so and so that's how they're going to do it by winning percentage of the last 10 years yeah to kind of split it up make it even steven and he went so far as because florida is a could be considered a rivalry i doubt it would be um but uh mississippi state was at home a&m home i mean i think i think that's a great schedule for kentucky i mean you're you all are playing georgia every year anyway so what's the harm in keeping them in the fold and then you get Seven teams that are very beatable. I like it. The thing is, is it, it doesn't feel too. I mean, as much as people were making a big stink about it, it doesn't feel like a schedule that's that much different. Other than A and M gets to come to Lexington, mm-hmm. and that's never happened. Before. Yeah, it it does so, feel really similar. Yeah, and and also like you, you know you sprinkle in Arkansas that feels like a formidable foe. Um, I the last time Kentucky went to Arkansas. I believe was the game that they had a lightning delay and Kentucky was getting their ass kicked and Joker Phillips was just like, we're good. We'll just go home, <laughs> which is one of the more embarrassing <laughs> things that's ever happened. So um, moving on past that, we'll feel good. And, and hell, I just kind of want to go to that stadium. They got a nice setup down there. I've been to Bud Walton. They're they're both right next to each other. And it's kind of, it's not too far from where they have their uh, 
sort of entertainment district where all the kind of bars and restaurants are down there. So, um, yeah, I, if that's the schedule Kentucky gets, you know, I'm for it. A and M's the technically in the the top tier, but they're the last team in that top tier. Now um, that fits into that. Now so, did this and, have and, Texas and Oklahoma in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Texas and Oklahoma are in consideration, but they they did not make it in Luckett's projection. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you could draw them, but I I think he's probably correct in that in this first two year rotation they're going to be they're going to be playing all of those Big West. You know, Arkansas is going to get a crack at both of those. The the, the old Southwest Conference sort of foes. Missouri will probably play them. A and M. Yeah. LSU. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. So I, I I would expect to get the Texas and Oklahoma on the second part of that, but you don't have to wait that long. It'll be here before you know it uh, when we're traveling to Austin. Um, so that that's kind of where we are with that. The other thing that came out, Scoots, they announced new penalties for uh, field and court storming. And initially, I think we talked about it on here, I, I think you were mad about it because Indiana, they stormed the court. Um, anytime somebody farts the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but under this proposal, they were talking about maybe taking away home games in the future. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go that far. Essentially, they said, we're going to reset it. We're going to reset the fines, 100000 250000 500000 But now, if you storm the court, you don't pay the league. You pay the team that lost. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, like, not <laughs> you would be putting money in the pockets of Kentucky basketball or Alabama football if you did that. And the other the other part of it is they they essentially said you need to do more to prevent this by saying don't storm the field. The players are going to come into the student section with you and celebrate. No like, shot. Well, they do that in basketball. I think it works in basketball. Football is a little bit more just because of the amount of people, but like, you know, I remember uh, the the Kansas State coach before we knew him and got to know him better in the NCAA tournament. Like, he was standing up on the scores table with like a microphone in his hands, talking to the crowd. Right? Like, I there, there's ways to do that in basketball. I feel like football it's a little bit more challenging, but. When Kentucky won at Missouri, I mean, it was obviously different because it was on the road, but that's kind of what happened then when they won in that walk-off. Like, there was a bunch of players that just went up into the U.K. section. It it was awesome. You had that at the Florida win last year. So, it's, it's, it's an imperfect solution, but I'm glad they didn't go extreme, Scoots, because taking away home games – because fans celebrated too hard was stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Now it was a very dumb idea. What what happened to the money before this? Did it, it just went to the league and then that got dispersed evenly amongst the schools or what? Yeah, it probably went to their scholarship fund or you know, uh, general scholarship fund or general something something. Gotcha. Or another. Yeah, I I don't know how much this will. I don't know. I don't know how much this will help prevent court stormings. Because if you're not playing a rival, I mean, if, if Kentucky's playing like I don't know Alabama, and you, and you get the win down there, and you and you storm the field, or even at home, and you're giving money to Alabama, does it really even matter? Alabama's got a ton of money already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 
I mean, I could see I, it I, not. I could see you not wanting to do it if you're playing like a Tennessee because that's your rival and you don't want to give your rival money. But at the end of the day, does it really even matter? Is a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, is it going to make that big of a difference for that program? I, I what I, I'm. Some games that, like you said, Tennessee was going to storm that field against Alabama no matter what. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering though if there's some games that were on the fringe, right? Um. I don't even know what a good example is. Because, like, Kentucky got fined because – so, when Kentucky beat Mississippi State, they were a top 25 team back in 2018. And a couple dozen college uh, – like, this, a few people in the student section jumped on the field. And UK – that people said that UK ended up getting fined for it. Hmm. If, they, if they made this – if it was a norm, like, that they said, you know – Football teams would come up in the stands. I think they would have, and people wouldn't have stormed the field, and that would have been fine. So I'm wondering if some of these fringe games, it's hard to talk as Kentucky fans about this because I I think in this, I think Georgia's the only team they would storm the field for anymore. And they don't, and Kentucky fans don't storm the court for anything else. So, like, oh, they would for Bama. They, if they play, they would for Bama. Yeah. And they, they got Bama this fall. So, yeah. But I don't know any other. I, I, I don't know any other scenario where it's and, – and, and in that one, Mitch Barnhart will gladly pay the fine. You know, like it's worth right. it. Yeah, that's so, that was kind of my point, yeah. So that's – that. I, I think that – like there's some you're just not going to stop, but can they prevent some of these fringe ones? Like will Bruce Pearl keep the Auburn fans in their seats when they beat Arkansas at home or something and Arkansas is a top 25 team? Or Alabama, right? Like, will they be able to do that? I don't know. That that I think that's what they're really trying to push back on. And I'm just going to have to wait and see. Court stormings and field stormings are so damn fun. I don't know why we're trying to eliminate it. It's like kickoffs in football. Like, why, why are we eliminating the most fun part of the game, you know? The people who are getting stormed on don't want it to happen. I guess. Then don't <laughs> go down there. Work. You know, if you don't want to get stomped on or whatever, then just don't go down there. Simple. Well, and the players—they don't want their players to get stomped on. But they—they—they added some measures too about getting them off the court quicker, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. Texter on the Thorns text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty says. All that being said, well, I am for players getting paid. Players just naming any type of price is what has nil in a complete mess. Of course, the NCAA has no rules in place for this, but it is a total free for all at this point. There needs to be some type of rule or regulation in place regards to price and value. That part I can't really blame Cal for, but every other coach is in the same boat. See, Texture, there was a good article by Pete Nakos in on on three where, you know, I'm not always carrying the company water, but it was a couple weeks back where he spoke to this is on the football side of things. So it's a little different. But the market has leveled out for football. Whereas they know that like players aren't just naming prices and they're throwing out these huge million dollar deals. Like the Nico Amaliva $8 million deal, those are done. So the market values change in football because they realize they've got a budget to work with and you have to prioritize positions that are going to cost more, like offensive line, offensive tackle, um, quarterback, and edge rusher. AKA your 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 positions that can go with the number one overall draft pick. Basketball that hasn't flat that hasn't normalized yet because 
it's still early on. And also because there's fewer players, right? So if they've got a budget, they, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, we, we didn't spend as much as we needed to. We still have this budget. Let's just go on in this transfer portal guy. And the problem with Kentucky basketball is because Kentucky hasn't been operating on a budget. They haven't been operating with a collective to say that we've got X amount of money we're spending this year, so we're going to go do that. Um, even like just from a transfer portal perspective, where they're like, we've got X amount of money we can spend in the portal. Here's what we're going to, here's our expenditures. And that's probably why they're trending away from David Jones, who it's very funny. This guy, it's like three, third, three times he's gone in the portal where Kentucky's been seemingly an option. He's the St. John's and, guy. Yes. And now Memphis is trending because <laughs> Memphis has their ducks in a row and is ready to spend some money on this guy. Um, so ultimately, I, I didn't realize this too until I was listening to uh, my boss yesterday, Matt Jones on KSR. Reeves is the only portal guy they've gotten in the Nilla era. They've only gotten one. I mean, they were getting two and three portal guys a year. And then now in the Nilla era, they aren't Wait, they aren't just paying guys. That's not so right, yeah, is it? Didn't, didn't Kellen Grady come from the portal? Yeah, it was pre-Nil. Now, he... I guess, yeah. He, so he committed to Kentucky. Nil became available that summer. So he got paid... But not it, it. It wasn't a thing when Kentucky got a commitment from him. Hmm. So, what it comes down to is they just they got to get a collective. They got to get a Kentucky basketball collective, even if it's if they get the fifteen running it for him. But like you, you have to have a sort of budget. Wait, they don't have one. I mean, players are getting paid quite a bit, but it's not from the collective standpoint. It's in other ways. It's deals. It's boosters. It's that sort of individuals paying players X amount of dollars. I, I had assumed everyone had a collective at this point. Not the Kentucky basketball program. They're kind of operating without, yeah, and that's, that's caused some of the transfer portal. Hmm. So there's also some message board scuttlebutt that um, expects some big news, Kentucky fans. So who knows? Maybe we'll get some roster news today. I doubt it's... Um, be nice if it was Arthur Kaluma. But outside of that, I don't know if there's any player that could pop that would really move the needle a ton for me. Although they do just need bodies. Yeah. So <laughs> getting bodies, that's important at this point. So it's like the players have complete and total control with their leverage. And Mark Emmer is just sitting there with his thumb up his butt and having zero answers. Total joke. Well, uh, Mark Emmer's retired. It's Charlie Baker now. So uh, can't, can't just blame him anymore. Thank and God. also... Like, I, I think it will normalize. It will a little bit. Just got to have procedures in place. That's it. I think that's what he's what the texts are saying. Is just you got to have some sort of rules and regulations to kind of – I and this was my thing at the beginning of this whole thing, is how are we going to police all of this? And there's – still to this day, doesn't seem like there's any sort of policing. Well, what, what, how do we police coaches on them giving price demands? Like – should Monty Williams, um, I mean, he got fired and then became the richest NBA coaching contract in NBA history. Should we be mad at him for that? Jeez, OP. I mean, granted, he got fired. He wasn't exploring other options like some of these guys are. But, like, it's the market. It's what's willing to pay them. Yeah. So, I don't I don't blame the players. Get your money, dude. No, yeah, I don't, I don't blame the players at all. I, I just blame the 
NCAA for not having this thing tightened down. Well, and it will eventually normalize. It's just here's the problem. I, I think this is more of a on Kentucky. Like your Kentucky basketball, you should be should have been ready for this. Like you you should have known that players were going to start demanding money, right? Mm-hmm. Like what? Of course, this was going to happen. And you set a precedent thinking that you, you weren't going to do this. And now, turns out that all the top ones are just going to shut you out because you're not, you're not playing ball. You're not playing by the established norms. And at the SEC spring meetings, the coaches, they don't like it, but they're doing it. Mark Stoops doesn't like it, but he's doing it. Cal doesn't like it. He's not doing it. It's going to cost him. Yeah. Plain and simple. A texter on the Thornton's text line said, Jack and Matt both said something along the lines of the ball is Kentucky's court, or it's all in Cal now regarding Reeves' potential return. I find that funny. It's very much a two-way street. If you remember, he did the same thing last summer, and there was rumblings he might flip to Oregon. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, Reeves flinched first. Well, now, Reeves isn't going to flinch. Like, he has more leverage now, and Kentucky has to make a move. So go do it. Go do it. We've got to go to a break. It's the yep. top of the hour. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball. I was wrong too, Justin. The cat, Bat Cats are on the SEC Network today. Oh, nice. I just didn't. Yeah. So there you go. Noon SEC Network. We're going to talk about that with our friend Derek Terry. And uh, also, talking Reds baseball. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Reds baseball. It's weird. Come Big on. baseball show. A lot more to get to on Kentucky Roll Call when we return right here on the Big X Sports Radio. They call me Hell. They call me Stacy. They call me Hell. They call me Jane. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. They call me Quite Hell. But I'm a liar. May we your leave style. Always the same. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. Over. Say over. I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. And welcome back here into Kentucky Roll Call on your Friday, the final show of the week. And while we've got some time, just a reminder, stop into Salsaritas today. Two locations in the Louisville area, Middletown and St. Matthews. Great fresh ingredients, marinated meats, wildly addictive chips. Make sure you get the extra seasoning for your chips to sprinkle on top. Anything you want from Salsaritas here today, make sure you go visit them and use your rewards for Salsaritas. You can get some sweet deals, lots of money off. Make sure you check out Salsaritas here today. Justin Kalen back with Nick Roush here for our number two of Kentucky Roll Call. A loaded roll call here today, Roush, and we've got a fun hour left. Oh, man. I'm just glad we we kicked it off with a little big voice from the Scooter Dingus. Uh, that's got to get all the listeners fired up. <laughs> fired up for the weekend. Uh, any Any golf? Any golf happening this weekend? I don't think so. No, I think I've got to take some time off. Unfortunately, don't make fun. Right. Don't make fun. Is it the wrist? Yeah, it's it's been giving me some fits here the last couple of days. So oh, need need to take some time off. But I but admittedly, Roush, I have not been icing it. I haven't been like giving it the care it needs. So maybe I should start to treat myself a little bit. Take care of my body. Yeah, you 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 probably should 
try that. That would be a good <laughs> idea. Um, I, um, I, I, you, you, I hope you'll be good by July 4th when they're having the golf scramble at Park Mammoth Golf Club. Oh, that's a month away. Yeah, I'm good. Gold. You better be good enough by then. It's a great way to kick off your Independence Day. Short little drive down to Park City. Beautiful golf course. Four-person four scramble. 80 bucks a pop. They'll have it all in there. Shotgun start, 9 a.m. Get in a fun scramble. Start off your day the right way. Then maybe, uh, I don't know, jump in a pool afterwards. Something could be a lot of fun. Come on. Check them out. ParkMammothGolfClub.com. 270-544-7200 is the number. We're going to be out there soon. Don't have a set date just yet. A few weeks. Uh, but it's one of the many courses on the big X Sports Radio golf cards that. Oh, thank, thanks Father's for. Father's Day gift. They're, they're almost out. Thanks for saying pool, by the way, Roush. You just gave me a new plan for today. After I cut my dad's grass, I'm going to hop, skip, and jump over to my mom's and hop in her pool. That's a great idea. Do it. I'm going to. Do it to it. Yeah, um, except maybe rinse off first. You don't want to make the pool dirty and sweaty. Oh, it'll be fine. It's got chemicals in it. It'll clean it all out. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure she would be happy to hear that. I mean, the kids. So at my mom's, they have a hot tub and then a pool. And then there's like a little sandbox type deal. Not a little sandbox. Mm-hmm. It's a huge sandbox. But the kids always like to play in it. And she lets the kids go from straight from the sandbox into the pool. So I'm sure it'll be all right. I think you'll have. Have yourself a nice time. Uh, should be a good day for it. Should be a good day for it. Don't just don't get too much water in the sand. Then it, it just that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> not as fun to play in the sand. It is fun reading your text on the Thorns text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Nil is an excuse. We have a culture problem. Playing for Cal just hasn't been fun, and no other indictment than players running from your program. I mean, TJ always says though. And, and he's kind of right. I mean, you returned almost too many people last year. Should have ran severe wheeler off. You know, like sure. there was almost everybody back. So I, while there is something to that, it does. It, it is year to year. It changes quite a bit. The problem is just getting players to want to come now uh, via the portal more so than anything. John here. Good morning, fellow cat fans. Hey, keep your heads up. I like that our team is getting younger. We have been older lately, plus the freshmen we have coming in, I believe, will be special players. When it's all said and done, they will be mentioned with the likes of John Wall, Anthony Davis, etc. Ooh, big talk, John. Reeves will come back, and we'll add one or two more players in 2012. We won that title with a rotation of seven players. This is not doom and gloom. We will be in the final four. We will win number nine. Put me down saying that is today. Sorry so long. I'm just frustrated. You, you just got to keep the positive talk up. I get it, John. It happens. Um. That's a good way to put it. The worry, though, is that there aren't enough quality older players. That's that's the worry. That's the worry. Why is Cal not coming on KRC and KSR to speak directly to BBN? That's one of the most frustrating things. We want to hear from him. Said it seems intentional that he's driving a wedge between the local media and himself. I wouldn't even mind if he just did a press conference, too. Just be nice to to hear from the coach. Um, but, you know, we hear, we're going to hear from other people instead – Today, our first guest on Kentucky Roll Call, returning guest, you hear him on WXVW 1450 AM when he's calling the Louisville Bats games, and he's had a front row seat to the L.A. De La Cruz experience. It's Nick Curran. Nick, I am just, I'm fascinated. I love watching the highlights. I love hearing you call his bombs. 
you've seen some awesome prospects come through this organization throughout the years. How does Ellie De La Cruz stack up to the rest of them? Is he the real deal Holyfield? Uh, yeah, he, uh, he definitely is. I think, uh, I think he's, he's right at the top of the guys that I've seen come through. He's just got, um, he's got everything, uh, when it comes to the, the tools and physical attributes that, um, that you want from someone and, uh, our hitting coach, Alex Pelias kind of described it to a bunch of folks the other day as having, uh, Billy Hamilton speed with, uh, Giancarlo Stanton's power with Raphael for Cole's arm uh, as a as a shortstop. He's just got uh, a little bit of everything you would want, and uh, so athletic and and uh, such a sort of infectious personality with how uh, much fun he seems to have day in and day out just playing. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt he is he is the real deal, and and uh, he's a uh, big thing certainly expected. When he steps up, you see him in the lineup card. He's getting ready to step up to the plate. Do, does do what's going through your mind? Are you are you preparing for the to deliver a and there's another deep ball to left field? Like how what's going through your mind whenever he's stepping up to the plate? Uh, I'd say it's just like uh, anyone else, just kind of uh, ready for whatever may happen. But I definitely think with him. Um, for for fans watching, and, and it, it was definitely true on on Tuesday night. He came up in the in the ninth inning with one on and and one out with the bats trailing by one, and I think everyone expected something, and that's kind of the the special part about him. He comes up there in in a spot like that with everyone expecting him uh, to come through in some way, and then. Uh, was was able to deliver with a with a home run to walk him off on Tuesday night, um, but I, I think that's one of the special things about him is that even when you know everyone expects him to do something and and come through um, with all eyes on him, he's still able to do it, and I think that's kind of a a mark of of uh, of really good players in their respective fields across all sports. And uh, and that's an attribute he definitely possesses. Yeah, that it's 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 one thing to just see the highlights of him smashing taters, uh, and they're like going over scoreboards. But it was another thing on, like you said, on Tuesday night when he walked it off, and it's just like, uh, of course, of course, he delivered in the best moments. Uh, but the bats, they're rocking and rolling back in town. Is it six straight wins now, Nick? Uh, well, three straight, uh, eight of nine going back to last week in, in Syracuse and, and definitely rolling right along, uh, five games over 500 for the first time this year and uh, a chance to win a fifth straight series, went uh, 19 and seven in the month of May, which was the best May in franchise history by winning percentage. Um, yeah, it's been a fun team, you know. Ellie gets a lot of attention, obviously, and with good reason. And Christian Encarnacion Strand, another highly touted Reds prospect in the middle of the bats lineup, gets a lot of attention. But it's really been uh, this entire lineup, just up and down, one through nine, has been hitting the ball incredibly well. This has been one of the top offenses in the league for a while, second in the league in team batting average overall. And 
Um, I mean, in particular, in the month of May, I think led the world in in, in a lot of offensive categories. But it, it's just been so much fun to watch, and and uh, you know, a long time coming for uh, for a bats team that that hadn't been over 500 at all at any point of a season since 2016, and now uh, now five over, which is also for the first time they actually made it to seven over at one point in 2016, or maybe a couple points, but. Uh, five over for the first time since then, and uh, just uh, still still rolling along, and and still able to to just uh, really wreak havoc on on opponent pitching. Well, I, I'm excited for um, what's happening this weekend at Louisville Slugger Field. Uh, Sunday's Kids Day, one one p.m. P, uh, first pitch, and there's inflatables inside. I've got to be in Lexington at some point, but I'm going to try to get over to the bat stadium beforehand. Um, but that's not the only big promo we got, uh, aside from kids day. What else is happening this weekend? I'm seeing Ali night is Saturday. What's happening at Ali night. Yeah. A lot going on this weekend. Uh, Ali festival night tomorrow night, sort of helping kick off the, the Muhammad Ali festival. That is now a yearly event, um, each summer, uh, in, in the city after, uh, the passing of the champ several years ago. Um, we'll be, have the Muhammad Ali Center at the ballpark. They'll be giving out wristbands to the first 1,500 fans through the gates and just a night to sort of, uh, remember Muhammad Ali and, and sort of everything he stood for. That'll be the, the big theme of the night. Uh, going to have special hats in the Bats team store that you can get in store only, uh, sort of a, a, a design based on the, the Everlast trunks of Muhammad Ali. Those should be, uh, in the store tomorrow night, a special thing, and then uh, fireworks after the game as well. So uh, a lot going on tomorrow, a lot going on tonight, uh, Girl Scout night. Uh, so Girl Scouts will be camping on the field after the game tonight. And um, and also it's Lou Gehrig day around baseball today, so uh, just all around baseball, including at Louisville Slugger Field, a lot of efforts to raise money and awareness in the fight against ALS, so that'll be a big part of things tonight, and then fireworks after the game tonight as well. So uh, a big weekend, and then as you mentioned, Sunday's Kids Day. Uh, kids get to run the bases after the game, the inflatables there inside before and during the game, and, and then kids eat free on Sundays also, and uh, $5 tickets available for kids. So uh, a lot going on throughout the weekend, and uh, that's baseball.com if you want to come on down or, or need more info about anything from uh, from the week. But it should be a fun weekend with with uh, with Ellie here and and the uh, Worcester Red Sox in town. A lot of history with that franchise that uh, intertwines with Louisville back in the seventies. So uh, a pretty cool week it has been so far. And weekend it, it should be uh, at the ballpark. Roush, you enjoy your kids' day. I'm going tonight for Samoas and Thin Mints. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Good idea. Current voice of the Louisville Bats. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, and, and also enjoy L.A. David Cruz while we can. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a couple more weeks of him. But but you never know when he's going to get that call. You, just, you don't, you but yeah, yeah, that that's right. But definitely enjoying it while we can. And um, another reason to come out as soon as possible so you can catch your glimpse before <laughs> he potentially goes to the big league. So uh, hopefully everyone can do that. And uh, appreciate you all having me. Yep, yeah, it's good to have you on, Nick Curran from the Louisville Bats. Uh, they're in town this weekend. So if you know if you can't make it to uh, 
to Lexington and to watch the Batcats. You can still get your baseball dose this weekend. And yeah, the inflatable thing on Sunday, the fact that it's inside too, uh, it's an early day. Like that is the perfect activity. Yeah, it is pretty cool. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be hot. You can go inside, let them cool down. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe they'll have so, a couple oh, of the inflatables with water in them. I, well, you, but then you don't want to get them like wet scoots. They'll bring their bathing suits. It'd be all right. I, I, I don't think the inflatables are going to have water. In them. They're inside. <laughs> They're in the little your, area. Your kids are young enough. Just let them run around in a diaper. It's fine. And well, one of them doesn't even wear a diaper. Wait, Duke He's doesn't big, wear diapers wears, anymore? No, man. He's, He's fully body trained? Yeah, heck yeah. He even uh, I don't remember, pick out his underwear in the morning. I don't remember on. that update. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, we're still doing pull-up at night just in case, and uh, it's it's very rarely wet. But I, I would I would rather take I'd rather do that than have to actually clean up a wet bed sheets. So, sure, but I digress. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line uh, briefly. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. World War II Road to Victory in the Pearl Harbor docks on uh, Pearl Harbor Fox on Netflix are solid. People think we are living in trying times now. Hashtag perspective. Uh, I've I've seen the whole World War II uh, in color, um, but have not been back on my BS with the Pearl Harbor. The Pearl Harbor Fox. I haven't heard that one. Hmm. Sounds like fun. I'm, I'm out on both of them. What? You don't like a good war doc? No, God, no. No, there is so much more I'd rather watch. Wait, wait, wait. You just don't like learning about yeah, I'm just, sacrifices I- or... I'm just not big about, I'm just not big on history in general. Like, I, I don't know why I need to worry about what's happened in the past. I should be concerned about might, what's happened in gonna, the present. History's going to repeat itself. That's why, Scoots. Well, then I'll be the ignorant one and you all can tell me what happened. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Scoots. Who's DJ pulling for in the dozen tournament? Don't know. Um, does Scoots hate all sketch comedy? What about... Golly and Keeves are out of order, or Key and Peel. You did hate Chappelle's show. Right? I have never heard of either of those two. Key and Peel, never have seen it, so I can't say honestly how I would feel about it. But yeah, I think you should leave. No good. I, I do like SNL from time to time, so that's kind of sketch comedy. That is, it's, it's a different definition of sketch comedy. Yeah. You you never seen Key and Peel? Never. What were you doing? Yeah. Uh, living was, living life, hanging out with girls, you know, a, being cool. That was the one good show on Comedy Central for a while. Mm. Gosh. Not for me. <laughs> oh, man. We got a break, when right? Do colleges put, college, when do colleges put clauses in these nil contracts to protect the universities? I don't, I don't think they're getting... I don't think that's a problem, Texture. What do you, what do you, what do you think... Do you think they're signing nil deals and then leaving or not fulfilling them? I don't think that's happening. I, I think, think he, that's a problem. I think he's saying protect the universities from players leaving. Yeah, but like they they're not getting paid if they leave. Like that you don't get paid if you quit your job. I don't I don't think that's happening, Texture. In fact, it's the other way around. Right now, if you don't play well, they can just not pay you as much as they promised you. That can happen. It's a two way street, Texture. And and somebody else brought it up earlier. Nil is a good boogeyman when things aren't going well for you. In Kentucky's case, I do think it is a legitimate legitimate gripe, though, that they don't have the collective in order to to make things happen. So, um, at least from a budgetary and organizational standpoint in the transfer portal era. But 
there's there's limited time time to get things done will they make it happen folks are on pins and needles waiting you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer because we're gonna head to our final commercial break when we come back a little regional baseball preview from Derek terry who's covered this stuff as close as anybody he told us the bat cats were in for a good season a few months ago and he was right He's going to say I told you so and much more with me, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, right here on Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X. Roll Call. If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you baby, and Betty, when you call me, you call me out. Call me Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Well, when in Rome. <laughs> yes. Please go on. Uh, do as, as the Romans do. It's, it's an old expression. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of it. Oh. We're not in Rome. We're at the epicenter of college baseball the lexington regional those poor poor college athletes had to sleep in dorms last night not sure they'll ever recover in time to take on the Batcats this weekend it all starts at noon between the fourth seeded ball state cardinals and the top seed kentucky wildcats number 12 nationally here to discuss it all derek terry derek you were on with us before the season you said, you know, this team, they might they might be moving in the right direction. We were very critical of Nick Mingione ahead of a make-or-break year. He he made it. He did it. Was this a season? Did this even exceed your expectations? It did. Yeah, I don't think I would have predicted that they were going to host uh, this season. I thought a good goal was just to get back to the SEC tournament, you know, improve upon, or uh, the NCAA tournament, I mean, improve upon uh, their SEC win marks. They've been stuck on 12 the past few years, and uh, I thought with the, you know, RPI, things like that, the way that they had scheduled in the preseason, I thought 14 or 15 wins uh, would probably be enough to get them in. As it turned out, their RPI was even way better than I expected, uh, and the fact that they went 16 and 14, basically just locking up a winning record, in the regular season of the SEC uh, meant that we get to have these fun scenarios like today, uh, Nick, where there's just too much going on in the city and uh, some of these kids ended up in the dorms. <laughs> I've loved the the crying about the dorms because um, when the guy from West Virginia shared the picture of Baldwin Hall, it looked better or as good as the hotel room I stayed at for the NFL draft. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but, hey, postseason baseball back in Lexington. We're expecting uh, a solid turnout uh, from the Big Blue Nation. Is there any any chance at a, at a Ball State upset today? Are they good at all, or should Kentucky uh, take care of business? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think Ball State definitely getting these situations this first game where, you know, you're going to see their best arm. It's a six-foot-seven righty who uh, I think his last doubting just won a complete game in the MAC tournament. So, Ball State's been an interesting program. Excuse me, I can't say I know a ton about their program. I've tried to read up um, through Baseball America, D1 Baseball, to kind of get a good feel for this program. And basically what they've written is that uh, 
this has been a program within the MAC that has been very good uh, the past five seasons. I didn't realize this, but their coach uh, was previously at Michigan. So, you know, uh, this is a team that has, I guess, what you could what could consider a high level coach, uh, and has been right on the cusp the last few years. Of course, when you're in the MAC, um, almost always that's going to be a one bid yeah. league. So, even if you have a good regular season, if you can't win the conference tournament, you're not going to be able to make it to the regional. So. Um, Basically, what I was told from the UK side, um, they thought some of the offenses in this region were pretty good, but that UK prob- probably had the deepest pitching staff. So, it'll be interesting today. I don't think they've gone public with who they plan to pitch. Um, I wrote a story a few weeks ago outlining why I thought Zach Lee, who I think has probably had the best season of any of UK starters, uh, should probably start this first game. But, you know, that was pre matchup. So, if they go to the scouting report, see that uh, maybe Ball State doesn't handle velocity as well or whatnot, then you might see someone like Travis Smith who you know sits around 94 to 96, um, and they could go ahead and get them the ball. But a bit risky. I wouldn't say risky. I mean, he's probably their most talented guy. But he started, what, three, four SEC games, and he's a redshirt freshman. So how would he handle that environment, you know, starting his first NCAA tournament game? It's a bit of a tricky question for now, but – if the team returns as much as I think it can for next year, you could look at this as a as a positive a year from now. We're talking with Derek Terry. You probably remember his work on the Cats balls. Now he's got a sub stack at Derek Terry on Twitter where he's covering the Kentucky baseball team as close as anybody. Loves this stuff. Eats, breathes, sleeps it. Uh, eats, breathes, sleeps. Wow. <laughs> a little tongue twister there. Um, for me, I, I do appreciate that you – highlighted the the depth of the Kentucky pitching staff. If you were to prioritize what it takes to have success in the postseason, especially in these kind of, you know, three-day tournaments where you could be playing as much as seven games, is is pitching staff depth, is that the most important thing in postseason baseball? Or is it offensive firepower? How would you kind of rank those qualities that, that, that are benefit a team most during tournament play like this? I mean, if you lose one of the first two games of a regional, if you go one-on-one, I mean, you have to, what, win three straight to fight your way out yeah. of that. So you have to have some good arms. And so I think this Kentucky roster is set to probably handle it a little bit better. But if you go back, that's, that was one of the things when I wrote my last story. Whenever I'd totally forgotten that Brad Schinzer, who I don't know how many UK baseball fans remember Brad Schinzer, but Brad had to start. Uh, a game in the regional. He had started four games all season. I think at times in his UK career, he had served as kind of a midweek starter, but this was not a guy that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, you probably would have marked down for starting in a regional. So, you know, he did well uh, that game. So I say that to say, if you get to a situation where let's say Kentucky wins today, loses tomorrow, you know, you'll still be fine because you'll probably have Austin Strickland um, for that third game. But if you win that, you know, you can't go back to Zach Lee or Travis Smith. You have Tyler Bosma this year, who has been your regular Saturday starter, but he struggled so much to the point that, you know, he's probably not even going to pitch the game three if, uh, assuming they get to a game three. So it gets a little tricky. You have to kind of work your way around it. Um, a lot of the MLB guys who don't normally pay attention to college baseball come around this time of year to complain about pitch counts because you'll see some guys who throw on Friday come back potentially on Monday if it's uh, a regional championship situation. But, I mean, 
I guess it's travel defense here. Like you got to have everything. I mean, to be a really good team, uh, you know, you got to be able to score some rounds. Obviously, it takes some pressure off your pitching staff. But I do think, in general, the cushion that you can be afforded if you do have a deep pitching staff really shows up in a regional, even more so than what it would in a super regional when you're only guaranteed right. to play two games and potentially three. And then if you do make it to Omaha, you get some more days baked in there. But yeah, you're talking about potentially five games in four days. I mean, that's really hard on any pitching staff. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm curious if you're handicapping the, like, all right, I, who would you rather Kentucky see on Saturday? Let's say you beat Ball State today. Who would you rather see the Cats take on tomorrow at Kentucky Proud Park? West Virginia or Indiana? I'd say Indiana. I mean, West Virginia had the Big 12 Player of the Year. I think they want to share the Big 12 regular season title. That was a team that pretty much all season, if you're checking the bracketology, a lot of experts that do that projected them to host a regional. So I think they're, they're definitely, uh, I mean, I think some might say you know, Tier 1, uh, A and B, UK and West Virginia at the top. Uh, Indiana, I'm sure you've got some Indiana listeners just based on where you are. They came here in a midweek game, and, you know, those are tricky, though. I don't want to take too much from midweek games, but UK run ruled them. And from what I remember, that was a pretty young team. Uh, you know, Indiana was not built through the transfer portal. They were, you know, mostly high school guys they'd recruited. I wonder to what extent uh, their re- record's kind of been propped up by playing in a conference that is, you know, obviously not as good as the SEC and not even as good as the Big 12. So mm-hmm. it's not to say that I don't think they could beat Kentucky. It's just I would probably – I feel pretty safe in saying I think that they're the, probably the third team in this region, and UK and West Virginia are at the top. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the insight for this week. And, uh, Derek, you were watching a little bit more closely when Kentucky went down to Baton Rouge, and I believe they just only stole one – they stole one game from that series. Mm-hmm. If If – if the Cats got to run it back for another three-game series, do they got a shot? Do they have a legit shot? Do they have that 30% chance to make the College World Series like the analytics told us uh, on Sunday? Well, the trickiest part of a series against LSU is that I have pretty much decided, and I think most people have, if you're facing Paul Skeens in a game, like you're probably just not going to win. And that's a tough thing to be in a situation where uh, – you're facing probably the top arm that's going to be taken in the draft next month. Um, yeah. The in a game one, it's going to put you down the eight ball. But I do think it has helped that uh, they've been in that atmosphere, and I'm sure it would definitely be cranked up if it's a chance to go right. to Omaha. Super. Still, I mean, they've been yeah. there just a couple months ago, so the wow factor shouldn't be the same. I wouldn't, I wouldn't love that matchup necessarily. Uh, obviously, you can, <laughs> if you get to that point, you're going to be facing really good teams. Um, and you could talk me into a few advantages, like I just mentioned, the fact that they've been there. You've got scouting reports on these guys that works for both teams. I mean, you're familiar with each other. Um, and if there's anything that might slightly be in UK's advantage, LSU's pitching staff is maybe not quite as deep as what you might see, but their star power is just really good. Like, and playing at home, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best atmospheres in college baseball. So I... I, I did not love that draw, and I think we should all be uh, pulling for a pretty big Oregon State upset there in that regional. Let's go Beavers, the fighting Mitch Barnhart. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Derek Terry, we appreciate you joining us. Um, when we return to the show on Monday, will the Kentucky baseball season still be alive? 
uh, I think it'll still be alive. I just don't know whether they would have already won this regional or if you guys will have a game seven. Yeah, a chance to preview it there on a Monday night. But I I do think they'll be able to still be alive come Monday. All right. Derek Terry, we appreciate hearing from you. Hope to see you out of the ballpark on Sunday. Um, I'm sure you'll be out there all weekend. Uh, Enjoy the traffic in Lexington. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, t- bit of a tough break. My dad's umpiring the state softball tournament again, and he's calling a game the day at 11. But I was like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on over there. So uh, I think I might sit <laughs> this one out. I still support him, but uh, he'll do right, just fine right. with that. <laughs> Derek, thanks for hanging out at Kentucky Roll Call. Have a good weekend. Let's go, Cats. All right. Thanks, Nick. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Derek Terry, at Derek Terry on Twitter. Great guy on the UKB. He was, uh, Justin, he was him and I were the young bucks on the beat there for a while. And um, he, he's he been out for a year, but still is all over UK baseball. So I, um, I, I'm one of the old guys now. I'm an old guy on the beat. There aren't too many other old John Hale and Mark story and John clay. They're, they're the other old guys. And obviously some of the TV lifers, but I, I'm, I'm the old man in the room now. It's evidenced by that bald head. Oh, you just take out your suck it. <laughs> Try growing some hair, that, pal. Take out that suck it, and then you just you, you suck it. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450 is the number. You text in. We read it on the show. We're going to wrap it up and get you out here on your weekend. Welp, Oscars, higher power, let us down again. Come on, God. We thought you were with us. <laughs> uh, come on, God. We we keep forgetting that Oscar drama before the St. Peter's game. Cal and his teammates dealt with all that nonsense and then took the high road and didn't mention it. I also wonder how much how much of a big deal he made about it because we didn't hear about it for a long time. So I wonder if he made it known to all of his teammates or just to like the coaching staff. So we may never know. Yeah. Did Tom Hart think that was a cute story? Did any press ever look into that story or ask questions about it? Felt like we did follow up on it after the fact, but I'm not, I'm not certain. I'm wondering if he's going to be in Lexington. He's a big baseball guy. I know he'll be calling some games, but I wonder if he's going to get the, the Lexington regional this week. Uh, I don't know if any of you all follow Truly Donovan on Twitter, but um, it's it, it's an anonymous account that has become the ultimate insider for college basketball happenings in the transfer, especially in the transfer portal era. And um, a couple noteworthy tweets in the last hour, uh, one of which is Nate Oates is swinging for the fences in the bottom of the ninth, heavily involved with Grant Nelson, Arthur Klum, and Jared Stevenson. I think he'll end up with at least one of them. So Nelson, we thought, might be an option. Klum has been directly linked to Kentucky with uh, that Jeff Borzello reported on Wednesday. So don't like hearing that, but this, is, this part is interesting because a lot of folks were just kind of gung-ho that David Jones was done deal to Memphis. You had a Andrew Slater tweet that kind of referred to Rick Stansberry getting it done. But he says, well, depending on who you talk to, David Jones is committed to both Kentucky and Memphis. Wow. That's impressive. It would be interesting to see if the schedules overlap for him. He kind of joked. <laughs> but um, the, the other one, there's a flurry. He said he got a flurry of DMs about Isaiah Miranda last night. Kentucky's in the mix there. I'm worried about Isaiah Miranda because apparently he has some talent, but he's also, uh, how do I put this lightly? 
the word that I was told was psychopath. So we'll say head case is the nice way to put it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that could be a little worrisome. Um, bringing a guy in like that to a bunch of freshmen and experienced guys. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen there? But um, I'm definitely going to be. Uh, uh, I'm I'm not so sure about Isaiah Miranda. I just so whenever that happens, you can look at the highlights if you like the highlights. Sure. But just know that there is some other stuff to Isaiah Miranda if Kentucky does end up getting him. Well, and the next texter directly addresses this whole offseason thing. It says, settle down, guys. At the end of the season, we anticipated a large loss. We knew we had six seniors. We knew Collins was having family issues. We knew we had five rock stars coming in. A lot of this was predictable. I understand you're upset, TJ, but it's a different time now. We're exploring, as you know. Well, but on the other hand, texter, if you knew that five, six, seven guys were going to go, then you should have been ready to replace them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Like that, Cal said, we're prepared for all scenarios in his statement, but it didn't sound like he had, you know, people would tell you that they hadn't really gone all in on David Jones at all at this point, which you thought that they would have by now. They went in all in on Hunter Dickinson and missed. They went all in on Keyshaw Johnson and missed. So, like, if you were prepared for this, then you should have been prepared to back him up. I think. So, like, you're kind of right, Texter, but also I, the the anxiety is understood. The angst is understood. There's reason behind it. John here again. By gosh, Rush, I agree with you. It comes to Meeks and Reeves. On a side note, I put together my wrestling gear. I will send some pics and a video link yes. to the KRC Facebook page on Saturday evening. Safe <laughs> travels to you and your family, TJ. Have a good one. Wow, I cannot. I'm so excited for that. John and his wrestling get up. Yeah. <laughs> Really, Scoots? How many puns did you fit into that golf commercial? I love the the potential. That that was not yeah. me. That was the folks at Wooded View put that together. I was just tasked with reading it. Oh, you did a great job too, Scoots. Uh, <laughs> Wooded View, another great course on the Big X Sports Radio golf card. Need to check that one out. Oh, you never played Wooded View? It's great, but there is a lot of Wooded View. So, oh, so a lot of lost balls. A lot of lost balls. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, Oscar didn't gel with the younger class this year. What makes you think he would gel with this class? Especially with him being his faith in the locker room, not to mention to tell his team something awful was going to happen then because of a dream. I mean, I also think it was a little... I mean, there was two people in the younger class this year. So, like... I mean, on the one hand, you're right, but also, if he's with better players, he might be more willing. But I I get what you're saying, though. I I don't begrudge Oscar as much for leaving. I, I think... He's 24 years old, or 23, or whatever it might be. I So I get it from that standpoint. Um, I just w- would have loved to seen him come be the greatest rebounder in school history. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. One texture says, y'all are making me grateful we have a cat instead of dogs. Cats are much more low maintenance. For uh, sure. Yeah. Well, especially just- now with those uh, litter boxes they have that are just like they do the job by themselves. You don't even have to scoop anything out anymore. Yeah, self-cleaning. Yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, and I love my dog. He's great. Um, and he's he's pretty low-maintenance, too, especially in his older age. TJ also got, like, the, those Basenjis are high-energy dogs. I just can't imagine. I, I know now why people are very specific about which kind of dog they want to get. Okay. And not, not to say that, like, you shouldn't get – like, you can still get a mutt from the Humane Society, but, like, an Australian Shepherd or something – would never in a hundred thousand years own one of those dogs. <laughs> way too much energy, way too much hair. Yeah. They can also be bad with kids. So like 
yeah, those dogs, they stink. I'm out on those. Some of those like drooly or slobbery dogs. Oh, they're like, like St. Bernard's? Come on. Which that one, I mean, that one sheds a lot. But yeah. like, even like bulldogs, where they just like make so much noise and they can <laughs> smell. It's like, eh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm out. I'm good. Next texter says, TJ, when hearing the story about Abe and the rabbit, I was more worried about Abe choking versus him eating the rabbit. Did he swallow with total ease or was it tough for him? That would have freaked me out. Well, it sounded, TJ described like he, it as he, he made it with ease. And then he kind of did the second effort to get it down. <laughs> See, that's my thing is I've had animals, like I've had dogs kill animals, but never eat them. <laughs> Even the, I guess the, the cat that lived with my wife at the last house would eat birds. Mm-hmm. That's a little different though. My, right? uh, when I first moved back to Indiana, I was living with my, living with my mom and she has a cat, and she always lets it outside. It's like more of an outside cat than inside, but it stays inside. Um, but it brought a chipmunk back one time, and we thought it was dead. Nope, she let it go, and there's a chipmunk running everywhere around the house. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I feel like the move, too, if you got a cat, you just got to let it be an outdoor cat. For sure. Yeah, like there's outdoor cats also hilarious, and they don't. As long as they're not getting into fights, they're fine. Mm-hmm. We got some outdoor cats that run around. A lot of fun. Salt Lake City Brian here. My friend with perfect thoughts on Cal's comments. Quote, we want people that want our culture and want to be here is what cheap companies say they when they don't want to pay people. Man. Man. <laughs> by oh, the way, man. by the way, Roush, I brought this up Nailed on Spears it. yesterday. That whole thing that Cal put out. Is that not verbatim what he says on our promo that we run here on Big X? I mean, it's literally word for word what he says on our promo on Big X. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I mean, that works to a degree, but like times have changed. Yeah. (laughs) They want to be here. They just want to get compensated how they deem fairly. And I don't think that's asking too much. Like wanting to be here, like, I want this job at the big X, but I also don't want to do it for free. You know, like I, I'm, I'm happy to wake up five days a week and do this job, but I also would like to get paid. Sure. That's not asking too much. You guys have touched on this before, but is Bosner leaving under his own volition or is it one of those mutual decisions? No, it's, I think, I think Bosner's just leaving. I think he's just getting out from my understanding. I don't think Cal's telling him to walk. And that's sort of the company line. TJ, I'm not sure your nil take is correct. It may be with a freshman coming in expecting to go to the NBA the following year, but what about older transfers? If it's that good, then why have we only gotten one transfer in the nil era? Good no, I, I mean, the 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 point TJ's saying is people are making good money here, but they they are not receiving the 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 numbers guarantees that most people receive. That's kind of the norm everywhere else. And I totally get it if you're I get it more so if you're a transfer too. Because for a lot of these guys, it's like their last hurrah. They want to know that the checks are going to come in at the first of the month, right? Well, uh, and it, it kind of goes full circle here. Right? I mean, a collective would go a long way in this. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the way to do it. They, they, I, I think, and, and it's more so from just a, being able to budget and like operate with a balance sheet instead of just like relying on people to throw in money. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a much more 
uh, long-term strategy instead of just a short-term finding money where we can't sort of deal. Lastly, our previous team not having good Neal deals. They were let down, according to KSR. That's why Reeves is hesitant on coming back. Losing our entire roster is all nil related. No, it's not. And when Mitch has given Cal the green light, Cal still only wants to do it his way. It's his stubbornness and attitude that completely suck. Like, it's not all nil related. Oscar was going to make good money here. He just wants to move on. Damian Collins, it's not nil related for him. Neither is it for Lance Ware. But that's part of where a collective helps is that, like, collectives do a lot of the middle man work for you. And I know they have some of that happening at UK. But, like, Antonio Reeves isn't going out there. He's not a good salesman for himself. Right. So, like, he he kind of needs the collective to prop him up. KSR just laid everything out. That's wrong with Kentucky basketball. And it all falls squarely in Cal. Cal not having a relationship with Mitch or the Boosters is why we're a complete mess. Boosters are totally done with Cal, and that's all because of his stupid stubbornness and attitude, thinking he's God's gift to earth, and that he's done it, going to do it his own way. That is why a majority of the fans don't like him. The lack of communication and him thinking he's got it all figured out when he clearly doesn't. So a majority of the fan base is just ready for a different coach. Cal, Cal just seems like he's not playing ball as much as he used to anymore. I agree. You don't see him out. You know, you don't see him yucking it up with people. Like, yeah. Feels like that's the right way. Boosters do whatever Kentucky football needs based solely off the relationships Stoops and Marrow has built with them. Since Cal's not totally blocked everyone out of his life and finally needs help, that ship is sailed, and he can't fix that part. Seriously cannot wait for a new coach. Well, I mean, there's a point to like, like the Boosters just like being drinking buddies with these guys. And Cal doesn't have to be a big drinker to make it happen or whatever. But like when Stoops is like, hey, try some of my new bourbon or Liam Cohen's out and about. Like these are very... I mean, Brad White's a family guy, but even Brad is at these functions, right? Like, UK football, every Friday night before a game, they have boosters at, like, their hotel bar, and they kind of go over the game plan, and and they make them feel like they're a part of the team. That's the sort of stuff that I don't know that I I highly doubt that John Calipari is doing. Next texter says, can see exactly what Gavani is doing with this Wallace and Livingston shenanigans. Oh, it's, it's, it's as clear as day. I mean, my God. There's no clouds in the sky that's just like Giovanni carrying water for Livingston and also dropping walls. This baseball dorm thing is wild. It's just bad timing for Lexington with everything that's going on all at once. They've secured rooms in Louisville. So drive to and from isn't as awful. Quick complaining. Besides, things could be much worse. Hagen Hall could still be around. Teams could have to worry about getting staff infections. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um I've heard some of them didn't have TVs, though. I'd be a little ticked off about that. If they mm-hmm. promised TVs and they didn't give them TVs. Like, come on. But you, but you. but the point is, you can make it work. Just pop oh, open yeah. your computer. Everybody's streaming things anyway. Where they log it into their Netflix on their hotel TV room or just watching their computer anyway. And the ones that were complaining about having two to a room. Like, oh, no. You, you have two to a room in your dorm room. Like, you didn't have two to a room in your hotel room that you stayed in. Give me a break. Why are people so down on Uganda? He's a five-star recruit. Just because he didn't play much last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not down on him. It's, it's the unknown with him, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, John Tex, can you get this one, Scoot? Yeah. John here. Happy TGIF and good morning, everyone. Okay, I like what Cal said yesterday, and this team will be special. I believe hearing that Reeves will officially come back and add Kaluma plus one other 
would be just what the basketball doctor would order. Hey, Kaluma reminds me of a young version of Draymond Green. I believe the guy can flat out play. Well, got to go. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. I like that optimism. I don't know about Draymond, but if he <laughs> plays defense well, then speaking of I, head I case, certainly welcome it. <laughs> I feel like we did. Uh, yeah, Moran is the head case, not Kaluma. No, I'm uh, saying Draymond. Right, right, very much head case. <laughs> I feel like we did follow up on after that, but I'm not certain. Is Nick's answer where the press asked about the Oscar death premonition story? Absurdity, and you know, why are people so scared to ask tough questions? Texture, <laughs> I don't remember what was asked four months ago. All right, <laughs> give me a damn break. Do you, Jesus Christ. Also, the, the availability too, like th- that might have happened, and then we might not have talked to Oscar for a week, and people might have forgotten about it. True, you know, or like they only would have gotten in post game, and then. Is it weird to bring up in a post game interview to Oscar Shibway? Like you, you typically just talk about the game that just happened. Um, but yeah, I don't remember every single press conference from this year, Texture. I was not at everyone. Now football, I, I would have a better idea because I'm at all of those. But no, I don't remember Texture. I apologize for not being better at my job. Shame on you. Suck it, Texture. I'm going to have a good weekend though. I'm going to be rocking Same. my shady rays. Use promo code Big X twenty five percent off at checkout. Going to be at the pool. Going to be at the baseball game. It's going to be a great time. Hope to see the cat bat cats get some dubs. Let's just let's just go ahead and take care of it. I think they're going to ultimately drop one game. Scoots Same. and to I'm, the Hoosiers. I'm hoping I, I'm hoping that it's a uh, game six. Close them out Sunday night. That's that's my hope. They will drop okay. one to Indiana, but that's it. That's all they'll lose. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Should be the Scoots and Roush show again on Monday. Woohoo! We'll see you then. Happy weekend. Happy June. Go Cats. Go Crow Green. For Nick Roush, myself, I'm Justin Kayla. No, I'm not. I'm Nick Roush. <laughs> Dyslexia for your cure found. We're getting weird on a Friday. See ya. Roll call. Don't believe me, just why?